All right, season three, episode four. I am here with Linda Woodhead from Mocker Group. Linda, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to have a chat with you. I know we have been trying to tee this up for so long, so it's like finally we've managed to do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know, I love it. All right, so as we normally start off every podcast uh, with our little icebreaker, Linda, if you can let us know your five all-time top five favorite songs, if you can narrow that down. Okay, so it's a tough one, this one, because I think every decade I have different favorites um and I have cheated on a little bit of it <laughs> um so, so I'm looking at kind of what I love now I do have one fave from 100 years ago um one of my my favorite songs I'm listening to at the moment and it's actually the artist as well as the um the album is FKJ um he's got a song out with Tom Mish and it's called Losing My Way I've listened to FKJ all the time. He's a bit of a kind of um, looper come alternative. Um, so that one's one of my favourites at the moment. Um, moving on from that, and this is the cheap one, there's a YouTube um, channel called <laughs> Circle, and I love everything on it. So I'm not going to pick one. Um, it's DJs doing stuff in the most bizarre places, like um on the salt flats to in mountains and in hot balloons and if you just want some background music i would absolutely recommend that to anyone but that's one of my main faves um going back to probably that i'm gonna say 80s but it could be <laughs> before is a good old one called street life by randy crawford that's one of my favorites um i will dance around the the, the kitchen on that one um for lots of different reasons um snow patrol chasing cars beautiful lyrics absolutely love that one amazing song um and then strangely to throw into all that kind of stuff um if i ever hear um puccini's ness and dorma which is obviously very classical and i'm not a big classical nut um if anyone can sing that well it's the one that just gives me goosebumps so that's my top five even though one of them has probably got hundreds in it <laughs> that's um, that's fine it, it's see i love that linda because i never would have guessed that i wouldn't have guessed any of those top five for you so you i love that yeah that's so go. cool uh, music just so you know music is my my go-to music is my love my um one of my first um, well, the first publication actually that I owned here in Australia, which was back in um, the early 90s, was a street press music um, newspaper that was free. It was like Gig Guide. Um, we used to put it out in southeast Queensland. It was weekly, it was a newspaper, um, it was street press. And yeah, I had that for quite a few years. So that was my first publication. So um, my background is music, we used to sponsor. You know, when Big Day Out first started, um, you know, the Powderfinger boys used to come into the office with their little $80 for their little 10 by 2 ad. Like, it was a cool time <laughs> for music. Like, it was the most, just the best time for music. Young guys running kind of clubs and pubs and um, live music was awesome. The The festival circuit was just starting. Um, so, so, yeah, not everybody knows that, but that was my first 
publication, which is where my my um, first baby was born. It was called um, it was called Rave, which was weird because it was before the word Rave really meant stuff to people. Um, yeah, interesting. So, so it wasn't like that kind of genre, but it was. Um, yeah, that was my first newspaper here. <laughs> wow, how cool is that? Yeah, it is. It is cool. <laughs> I love that. I mean, music is like that's one of the things I love about our industry is the fact that we can use music in our everyday uh, kind of work as well. Like I love it. I've got music yeah. tattoos all over me. So it's it's one thing which, yeah, well, I love it. One of the it's interesting because we're um, in the process of we haven't fine tuned it all yet, but we will be launching it quite soon. And that is that um, through Mocha, we've um, created a, a, a channel on Spotify um, and it's specifically for the hair, beauty and barber industry. So what we're doing with that, Amazing. Is we've started to build it um, so that if people in shops and salons want to be able to go to playlists to, you know, just get their staff revved up on a on a Tuesday or a Friday, or they want a bit of wind down music or the, the beauty industry, for example, might want more kind of meditative stuff. And um, and then what we're doing is that we're getting a lot of our winners to also share across their playlists um, through our awards. And then that way we can highlight them and they've got really cool kind of names. And so, yeah, just so that we're trying to continue at the moment, this whole thing with Mocha being a bit of a hub of, of anything within those three industries. So, Music is a big part of that. So then instead of trying to create your own playlists, um, there will be, it'll probably be in the next month that we'll have it launched, but there'll be just one massive channel um, that anyone can go on and grab anything for whatever mood they're feeling while they're at work. So that's an exciting that's, one, a fun one. It's just not a money one, but it's just a fun one. <laughs> no, I love that. That's awesome. I think there's, yeah, you'll get a lot of good feedback from that, I think, because I think people do struggle for their playlists. So, yeah. yeah. No, I reckon that's awesome. Um, well, going on the topic of Mocha, obviously mm -hmm. I wanted you to do a little introduction about yourself first, Linda, for those that don't know you. I think a lot of our followers will know you, but <laughs> for those that don't, um, I know when everybody goes, I hate talking about myself and stuff like this, but <laughs> yeah, if you can uh, best describe yourself and a bit of your background, that would be amazing. Sure. Um, well, look, my background is publishing, um, you know, from which has changed massively. Obviously, when I um, first got involved, uh, which was in the UK originally, I worked for Reed Publishing back in the UK um, on trade and technical magazines that used to go out to um, Middle East, Far East and Africa. So they were business to business uh, magazines. Then when I emigrated here, um, as I said, the, the first one, I worked for an, another um, music magazine for a little while and then I launched my own and that was my first one, which um, I've had sort of, you know, my own ever since then. I've gone through a few business magazines, um, a spiritual sort of new age magazine um, when that was all kind of getting big. Um, and then through that sort of, you know, I guess became quite sort of spiritual, did my Reiki training and I've firewalked and all that kind of stuff and wow uh, and then landed landed in the hair industry because um someone i knew quite a long time ago was looking at launching something um in the hair industry and they didn't really know how to publish so they knew the the content i knew knew how to publish so i sort of helped them with that and then had a few other publications and then fell back into um this industry when we launched mocha um about 17 years ago I think it is now um 
our first magazine was Hair Biz, um, and that was mainly because there were a few other magazines in that space, uh, but they were dealing more with the creative and nobody was dealing with business. And I felt that that was a big gap. Um, we still absolutely embrace the creative side, obviously, um, especially through our awards and everything else. But the magazines were set up to, I guess, inform and inspire and educate and also help people a little bit along the way um, with business information and knowledge, because I felt there was nothing really there. Um, you know, we we send our magazines out and the ones that we get back are um, the returns, which are closures of salons and shops. Um, and it's quite sad when you see how many come back. And a lot of that is because people, um, you know, unlike a lot of industries that, you know, if you're in it, if you're a tradie and, you know, you're a builder or whatever, then you might do your apprenticeship, but then you also have to do extra after that to sort of own your own business and, and get your license. Whereas with hair, especially, um, you know, you're qualified, you can open a salon or anyone can open a salon. You don't have to be a hairdresser. So I think the lack of business knowledge needed a bit of help. So, you know, we were never going to be like a BRW or anything, but we just wanted to open people's eyes to um, a bit of business kind of stuff. And, and so, um, the three magazines that we have, um, Hair Biz, which obviously goes to all hair salons, Beauty Biz goes to beauty salons, and Barber Shop goes to the barber ones. Um, we did launch Barber actually, funnily enough, 11 years ago, which a lot of people think it's not been around that long, but we kind of started it before the, the boom, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, people people think of the barber industry as, as being huge, but it's more so because it's, it's not that big. It, there's not a lot of barber shops out there, certainly in comparison to hair. Um, but it's a, a talked about industry and it's a fun industry and it's a loud industry. So they're quite vocal. So I think it makes people think that it can be a bit bigger. And I think certainly what's happened um, in recent years, obviously with changes, with bringing back in apprenticeships and all that kind of stuff and, and making it a bit more tailored to what these young guys and girls want to do, that's definitely helped with the growth. Um, so... So, yeah, we started obviously with the magazines. We have two programs for young people. We have Hot Shots for Hair and Beauty Squad for Beauty, which is for younger people that uh, we run a program that is sponsored where um, they come into a, a house for three days and get mentored. We do a photo shoot. We do all that kind of stuff. Um, and then obviously a big side of our business, if not kind of, I guess, not the biggest, but certainly has taken over our time a lot is our awards. So we launched um, the ABIAs, which are the Australian Beauty Industry Awards uh, 12 years ago, and then came AHIA Business Awards for the hair industry. Um, three years ago, we took over the space from Hair Expo, where um, we didn't want to take the um, the the actual hair expo itself but we wanted to take over the awards which we did after they closed so ahia then kind of extended across to creative um so we now have the ahia business and ahia creative which are the ones that we've just announced finalists for on monday and the big gala night for that is in june and then um two years ago we launched the amba's which is the modern barber awards the first year we had to go online obviously because we were still having issues with COVID. Um, and then last year was our first kind of in real life event, which was down in Melbourne, which as I was saying to you before uh, we started recording was probably one of my favorite ones <laughs> so far. We've said it was just, it was cool. Yeah. The venue was just amazing. Um, entertainment was incredible. Everyone was dressed up. 
um, I was encouraged by, you know, for our first one, the number of people that um, embraced it and entered it. And, and so, yeah, that's where we are at the moment. Um, there's been lots of changes over the years, especially with publishing. When we first launched, we were print and print only. Um, now, in the last probably four years, five years, we've had to embrace online, digital, social, email, everything, which is, you know, massive because the landscape has absolutely changed when it comes to that. Um, but yeah, it's, um, you know, from a um, an awards point of view, it's a really important part, I believe, of the industry. It, it helps shape it. It brings new people into the industry. It shows people what they can do. Part of that is also in a, in a way, I guess, of training. And, and it's something that we're really, really passionate about with the barbers um, because they, um, you know, having maybe some of them not been so involved in the competition circuit, uh, we're trying to kind of encourage that and also handhold them a little bit in terms of helping with, you know, how to do shoots, what to do, you know, instead of just the sort of stuff that you see on Instagram, which is just guys in capes in a chair kind of thing. So, so there's lots of plans <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um, and um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting time. I think even just with you guys, you would see it with education where everyone's had to rely on, you know, virtual and online for such a long time. And now suddenly it's like, we can see stuff in like real life and, and people's hands doing actual work, which is quite exciting again. So that's us, that's us in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, lo I love it. I think it's, um, it's one thing which is definitely, I wouldn't say changed our students' mind, but I mean, even the photo shoot we did last year, which was only one day, um, mm -hmm. was huge because the students who were there were like, how cool is this for a start? And then to actually take some of our students to the awards, it was kind of like, okay, we had no idea this was part of the industry. I know I speak to Stacey about it all the time. You're right, it is a lot of people just think you just work in a shop nine till nine um and cut hair and there's way more to it so it's um yeah it, it, it's great it's amazing and i think we get a lot of competitive people in this industry as well so the awards are a good thing i think that um you know the one thing that's really important is like you said it's just showing people what what this industry can do and i think especially um i mean certainly in beauty as well that we deal with but certainly in hair you know, um, a lot of people and, and look, a lot of people that we talk about skill shortage and stuff all the time, a lot of people come into it, not everybody that the numbers of people that finish their apprentices, apprenticeships is, is awful. Um, but I think, you know, with that skill shortage and bringing people in, it's all about showing where that career path can take them. So, you know, whether you just want to remain as a stylist or a barber on the floor, that's absolutely fine. But if you want to go into management, if you want to own your own business if you want to get into more sort of photographic session editorial you know going and working on the cruise ships all those things. there's so many things that you can do with this career and you know when i look at the, the people that are doing that well um you know yes initially you have to train um sadly i think the problem is that um it, people forget that it is a trade it is an apprenticeship trained career and yeah. you know means that you do have to to learn how to do it so wages are not necessarily going to be brilliant at the beginning but but you know it's no different to a, a chippy or a plumber or you know you've got to learn your trade and then once you've learned your trade 
then you can absolutely, um, you know, do really, really well out of it and it just apply yourself. So I think what we're trying to do, and certainly with those, with the awards is, you know, it's pretty easy to to just take some shots um, in a salon and put them up on Instagram. And, and I'm not saying don't do that because you absolutely do need to do that because that's for consumers. But Peer recognition is also really important. Um, you know, it makes you a bit of a commodity within the industry. It gives you opportunities where companies then look at you um, to be maybe ambassadors or, you know, travel or all those kind of doors that can open. And the only way that happens is if you get the trade to see you. So I think it's, you know, there's two parts to me that I look at with our awards. Um, one is the process of entering. Um, the process itself and the way that we've set this up in terms of what you have to submit, the questions you have to answer from a business perspective, it makes people almost kind of do a health check on their business every year. And from a creative point of view, it allows you to push the boundaries year on year and sort of, you know, better, I guess, what you're doing and your skills. Um, so the process is really important and fun as well with obviously, you know, putting your mood board together, getting your team together, um, however good or experienced that is it's still a fun process and then to get finalist status and then hopefully to win um you know it, it's certainly another tool in the toolkit that you can promote as yourself as an individual as a business owner um you know who wouldn't want to be able to say that they're the best barbershop or best hairdresser in australia or you know um i think people forget how much that does and the one thing that we do which i know a lot of competitions don't is that we put a huge emphasis on um, what we can get for our winners once they've won. So from a PR perspective, we um, contract a PR company and, you know, I don't want people to just win a trophy and then put it on a shelf and it get dust. I want us to also help them with PR. Everyone gets personalised press releases. We introduce them to local media. Um, you know, the, the hits that we had last year on TV with the Today Show, um, we got Costa on the morning show, like all that stuff that we did. Um, that's for me what it's about. It's about the follow up and kind of, you know, if that shows people how they should put a press kit together and send stuff into media and have to deal with the media, that, that to me is really, really important um, because it's then a follow through. It's not just about the win. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that was, see, that was one I hadn't even seen. Uh, I hadn't even seen that part of it because obviously we've entered awards in the past um, yeah. and you're right, it's just a block of glass and mm -hmm. it's like, oh, brilliant. But then you look at it this year, like I know for well, like Stacey and Lino, for example, who we, we work with um, as an RTO, it was like, I seen Lino on the Gold Coast News and I'm like, yeah wow, how amazing is this? Um, and then obviously Costa being on the telly, I spoke to Costa this morning, funny enough. So it was, it's quite yeah. funny how that can then just take you to the next level. As you said, it's, um, yeah, it's marketing at the end of the day, right? Yeah, totally. And, you know, whether you're working in a salon or a shop or whether you own it, there's, there's still, you know, it's a bit like if you can put that on a resume, <laughs> that's pretty cool to be able to then, you know, 100% look at other places. And I think, you know, so that's kind of why um, with the barber ones, we've sort of mixed it. Um, so we've mixed it 
to be um you know whereas with hair we've got the creative ones and then we've got the business ones because purely because of the size of the industry to be honest but with the barber ones we've got it mixed within that same um under that same umbrella so there are categories there literally for everyone whether you're a junior and you just want to put some put a photo shoot together um and do that quite simplistically you know you don't have to spend 20 30 40 50 thousand dollars on a photo shoot some people obviously do um in the hair industry once they get to that real top end but you know there are so many people out there that are incredible that are also trying to get a bit of a name for themselves like in the hair industry there are not loads and loads of, of photographers that everybody knows there are lots of photographers but a lot don't put themselves out there and hairdressers are always looking for new <clears throat> photographers as well as you know makeup styling and whatever so there's really nothing wrong with, you know, grabbing some people that you know together. I know that some of your guys even do their own photography. Um, you know, putting something together like that is not, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, unreachable and ridiculously expensive. You can call people and go, look, I'm putting together a shoot. Do you want to come and do that with me? We're all going to get something out of it. Um, we actually this year for the first time for the um, hair awards uh, the creative ones we created a new category which was called the bts dream team so for behind the scenes and what that is basically yeah. is that enters a collection um they can also then enter that collection for their their dream team and that's not them so the judges look at it from a photography styling and makeup point of view um, and it allows the unsung heroes, which quite often can make a shoot, also get some form of recognition, which we're really happy about that one. Um, so it's really just about having a go. And even though you might not, you know, final or even win on your first um, shot, it's kind of, you know, the judges are still going to see everyone and everything and, and they will, you know, we get a lot of judges on board um, overseas as well as here. They'll start to see names. What we're about is is profiling these people. So they'll see those names and then they might see them again next year and remember what they did the year before and know how they've improved. And, you know, I think, um, and look, I mean, I, I look at the first magazine I ever put out and, and just think how on earth did we do that? It just looks Awful. yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> you know um so i think not to be too hard on yourself and just have fun during the process um and and just put it out there you know there's there's a few categories in definitely in the barber ones where you don't have to do written submission it's just the photographic stuff um there's stuff there whether you love you know you know your freestyle your classic um obviously there's the team collection as well where you can use some shots the two big ones the barber business of the year is obviously a big submission and then the modern barber is submission and um and the, the photographic but then you know i just think it, it's good for us to be able to look at all of those business side things as well as um the photographic so i'm, I'm really excited to see what happens this year with sort of you know um did the first one last year um there seems to be quite a lot of interest on the site already um and yeah we'll just see how we go but i encourage everyone to to have a look and if anybody wants to reach out you know we're really open transparent um if anyone wants to give me a call absolutely always welcome just to sort of have a chat about how best to do it and what do the judges look for and all those kind of things um you know more than happy to to help out with that you you stole my next question, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? <laughs> I? 
I was I was going to say if you had to give three tips to somebody who's going to be entering, what mm -hmm. would those tips be? Okay, um, I think you've got to well you've got to split it between I guess the two. So we've got photographic and then we've got business. Um, if we look at the business yeah. ones, and and even the um, the photographic when it comes to modern barber. Um, the judges are looking for a point of difference. One of my tips would always be if you're doing something that involves a written submission, um, the first thing that you see is an opening statement. And just by definition of what that's called, people tend to do that first and then they carry on and they fill out the rest of it. My tip would be don't do that first, do that last. Complete all the all the information first and then look at what you've written and then go back to your opening statement and write that basically based on what you've done the opening statement is kind of like the bait it's the it's the elevator pitch it's you know imagine jumping into an elevator with somebody that you want to impress and you've got 10 floors to do it that's what that section is so you don't give away everything um you know if you were to write something in there for example let's say you were a salon owner and you were going for barber business um you know, you might say that you increased sales by X amount percent in retail and service. And that's all you say, because a judge would then read that and go, oh, my God, how did they do that? And they want to read more. Um, they are human. So they, you know, think of them as you. Um, I would say with photographic, um, again, quality, quality of, of the images, um, you know, I hate to say it, but I will. And that is quality of the models that you use. Um, you know, you're not in the shop. This is actually for a photographic competition. And, you know, I'm not saying that they have to be the best, most beautiful, good looking people, but have a reason as to what that look is going to be about. So if you're going for, um, you know, that real kind of maybe hard look, then look at the guys or girls that can do that. If you're going for that more androgynous look, then go for that. But, but keep that theme, work out what your theme is and stay true to that theme so that each individual photo can stand up in its own right as an amazing photo. But also when the judges look at it as a collection, it is clearly a collection and there's a story that the photos are, are giving the narrative to. Um, I would say also use the site. So, so the site that we use is a thing called Award Force. And when you're putting your entry in, there is formatting available. I would absolutely use the formatting. So you can, it's not, it's not huge. You can do bold, italics, links, all those kind of things. Um, with your bold and your italics and your bullet points and whatever, um, I would definitely use it because if you think of these judges that are reading and looking at loads and loads and loads of entries, if it's pleasing to the eye, it's a bit like, you know, Picking up a book that is just just text, no paragraphs, returns, no headlines, it's just too much. So there's a button at the bottom of the um, entry page that you're completing, and, it's, and a lot of people don't use it, but it's called preview. If you click on that preview, you'll see what the judges see. So you'll see how your, how your submission looks, um, and that way you can think, okay, that's just a whopping great big block of text. I need to space that out a little bit and I need to make that bold or, you know, it, it's just the content is is probably 80 to 90% of, of what they're going to look at. But 10% of that may be if they've got two people um, that they really think are quite high and they have to choose one as a winner, there needs to be a point of difference. There needs to be something that just tips it over the edge. And that could come down to just 
how pleasing it was to read. And, you know, um, if there's one thing in there that you can think of that you do that, that allows you to say that you should be a winner because that is really um, something that makes you have that point of difference. Very interesting. I'm only writing down these notes just for myself. You know that's why I answered. I asked that question. You know that. Um, yeah. So no, that's a, that's very interesting. I think it's a very good insight as well um, into it for people because I I know one thing, especially in the barber industry, not a lot mm -hmm. of people have entered awards before. Like I know I was even speaking to Stacy about it. She was like, I, I I didn't even know where to start, kind of thing. So. Yeah, yeah, especially with our students as well. Yeah, um, we do. I mean, we, we are trying to start doing a bit more, I guess, sort of education on it um, at some point. You know, some of our even some of the sponsors we work with quite closely while we will give them information so they can then go out and talk to the guys in the shops and salons that, you know, may want a bit of help with it. So we're trying to do sort of more of that and then looking at maybe even doing um, some Instagram lives on uh, Mocha Barber and Mocha Hair just to, you know, give a few kind of top tips um, and, you know, give a bit more help because it can be quite daunting, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we do have a feedback round uh, after the awards have been announced. So that'll be, um, it's in November, so probably around mid-November, people can log back into the site. And we encourage the judges to put comments for feedback. Sadly, we guarantee because they have so much to do. Um, they don't necessarily do it on everything, but some of them do. And it, it you know, may only be two or three or four comments, but it's worth going back in and having a look at that because some of them will be, you know, I try to say to them, don't just put good submission. Like I, I want, I want stuff that's going to help people. You know, so if there's, um, you know, something that they can put in there that will help people for future, which is, which is criticism, I want them to do that because that will be good for people to learn from. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a that was kind of like a big one for us last year was actually getting mm -hmm. feedback because, it, like what you said, it's the first thing you go, oh, why didn't I win? Like, I wonder yeah. why I didn't win, you know what I mean? And that was a really good one for our students to see as well, um, who had entered. They were kind of like, okay. Yes, and I will say too, um, I do get people that often call me afterwards and say, um, I didn't know what did I, what did I do. Categorically, nobody does anything wrong. That it's impossible to do this wrong. But what you sometimes have to realise exactly. is that sometimes in that twelve-month period, someone's just done something a bit better. And so, if you can look at, you know, the information that that you give, um, you know, a, a classic thing is if you're talking about a, a, a salon business, then you would always be talking about that in the third party because you are talking about the business. Whereas if you're talking to best business director owner, then it would be in, in the first person because it's an I, I've done this, I've done that. A lot of people forget that. And so, you know, there's just sort of, and, and look, also bear in mind that with our judges, we, you know, we don't just have judges from this industry. We have judges from everywhere. So as an example of that, the barbershop design of the year and all of our salon design ones, we have two architects that judge that as well as people from within the industry that have nothing to do with this industry that look at it purely from a building design architectural point of view. So don't get hit yeah, you know, cool. on who's judging and, you know, just it, as long as you do, the best thing that you can do for me this is also about 
a process of, um, you know, encouraging everyone to really just sort of put themselves out there and, and do it. And like I said, we, we, we're not trying to restrict people. We're trying to encourage people to do this. So the more we can help people to enter with their best entry, the more we are absolutely happy to do. No, I reckon that's awesome. I've got two more questions for you, Linda, I promise. And then I'll let you go because I know it's getting late. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, okay, cool. So one of my questions, where do you see, I know it's hard to just pinpoint barbering, but let's just mm -hmm. go the overall industries in five years time. Oh God, that's a big one. Um, <laughs> I can Look, I think there's changes coming. Um, I work quite closely with um, Sandy Chong with the AHC um, and have done since it started. Um, I think that, you know, everyone is trying to do the best they can to bring more people into the industry. Um, you know, there's always rules and regulations that are going to maybe hinder that. I would like, if, if I had a wish, it would be to obviously make sure that more people come into the industry. I think part of that would start with education, even from schools. I, you know, you still have teachers that say, oh, if you can't think of anything else, be a hairdresser. I think that's appalling. Yeah. Um, and and that has to change. I'm, I'm hoping that will change. It's still kind of, you know, there. Um, you know, we look at immigration with people coming into the country. Um, you know, there was years ago where it was not done well, but now it's kind of being done well again, where people, you know, with the, the, the sponsorships have been reinstated to be able to um, to do that. I think that, I think if I, I would love to see, um, this is turning more into what I would like to see as opposed to what it's going to be, but. Um, <laughs> That's good. There's still, and always has been this issue of like state by state, you know, I mean, we've got issues with state by state in um, in government and, and we've got the same in a lot of industries and that's certainly in the hair industry where certain things in one state do not apply in another state. Um, and I would love to see that across the board being the same so that we are one country with one apprenticeship, one rules, one everything. Um, I don't know whether that will ever happen. Um, I think just, you know, I mean, I think the good side of it is whether we have recessions or whether we have, you know, GFCs or even pandemics, um, the industry that still sort of thrives is is the hair and beauty industry. Um, they, they call it the lipstick effect. It's based where people will still spend money um, on things that make them feel good. And whereas a lot of industries, mine included, that there are things, you know, being taken over with online digital. I mean, this whole GPT chat thing is just mind boggling, um, which will replace yeah. a lot. The one thing that you can't replace is somebody actually cutting your hair. <laughs> I mean, you know, we exactly. are here to stay. So that's why it frustrates me when I think of schools that kind of do the whole play it down because it's, you know, there are a lot of industries that you, there is no guarantee for job security, especially with GPT and AI and all that stuff coming through. So um, I, I think it's got a great career path. Um, you know, I think that it's, it's getting cleaned up and um, hopefully it will remain, but I can't see it going anywhere in the, in the near or distant future. I know, fingers crossed, right? Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, and my last one, I promise. Mm-hmm. What's next for Mocha and Linda? Um, well, I um I took on a, a general manager, Jared Stedman, in August, who is amazing. Um, part of that for me personally is uh well, the original idea was to allow me to step back a little bit. That's actually not happening because he's um <laughs> getting me to do all these new things, which is fantastic. I'm not in a rush to kind of, you know, um not do what I'm doing, but I, I do want to take a bit of time out. Um my kids are all kind of getting older I've now got three grandchildren as well so I, I spend time with that so I just want to have a bit more um you know as opposed to the work-life balance probably sway it a little bit more to the the side of thing um so that's a you know taking on somebody else in that general manager role which I've never done before is allowing me to do that which is fantastic um I don't see things changing massively I think that you know even though print um, people question um, when it comes to business to business and when it comes to our industry people are still very tactile they do they still want to touch it feel it read it smell it um, so the magazines won't go anywhere for now um, you know if we didn't have to print and post it would save us a fortune but we, we do telemarketing surveys strangely enough every six or 12 months and, and they all still want it so that won't change yeah. but I would say that you know I would say that we would still move more as we are doing into that um digital kind of area uh we're doing a lot more than we've ever done before with social um jared's brought a huge sort of new side into the business which is with all of the um reels photography videography covering events um all that kind of thing and we just want mocker to be i guess a hub so we're working on quite a lot of things on our website at the moment where my my dream would be that when anybody thinks about anything to do with the hair beauty or barber industry they think of mocha and they can go onto our website and find out information whether it be you know how to read a magazine how to enter an award if they want to find who the you know technical educator is for a certain company that will be on there be able to be the spotify channel um you know be able to book somebody to come and do a salon work walk through for a reel on video all of that i just want us to be that kind of hub where we can offer all of those services and not necessarily from us but to be able to be a conduit to all of those different kind of um, individuals whether it's education um, you know staffing whatever so that's kind of on on the plan to build a a gigantic website that has all that on there I love it. Well, I th- I think one thing, Linda, the industry needs it. Like it's yeah. it's something which it's crying out for, as far as I'm concerned. Because yeah, everyone I speak to is seems to be on the same kind of path. We're all <laughs> saying the same thing. So yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully we can work our way towards that. I, I reckon that's a great idea. I reckon it's Thanks. awesome. Yeah. Well, that's the plan. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, superb thank you so much for your time linda honestly um it's been amazing i'm glad our listeners and followers have managed to get a bit of an insight um into the amazing mocker group as well so yeah i'm looking forward um to the next couple of months for our students entering and also ourselves and yeah we we can't wait it's gonna be awesome yeah so let me just finish off by reminding everyone that um, for the Barber Awards, which are open for entry, you can go onto our website, um, 
www.mockagroup.com.au. Just go to the Barber page and you'll find all the um, links to get through to the entry site and also be able to download the um, uh, all the information kit. So the general entry deadline for that is not till the 21st of August, but I would really highly recommend people start thinking about a bit of a plan in terms of downloading that kit so that they know what they have to do um, and then start planning for shoots and, and all that kind of thing. Um, we do have our um, AHIA business ones um, also open, but they will close off um, 10th of July. And they're obviously more the business side than the, um, the creative. Uh, but there are still some categories in there for uh, the younger folk um, in terms of sort of team members and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, I would just have a look at that. Thank you for inviting me to have a chat. And like I said, um, our contact details on the site as well, wants to reach out um, and ask us anything uh, in terms of awards or tips or tricks or whatever, then I'm absolutely more than happy to take all. I love it. And we'll also chuck those links in as well to uh, Spotify, right. YouTube and everything as well. So it'll make it a bit easier for everybody to click on to. So yeah, no, that's that's brilliant. Fantastic. Okay, great. Thank you. And good luck to everybody if you're entering. Um, and um, yeah, I look forward to, do, to working more uh, with you guys as well at the Barber Academy who are doing an incredible, incredible job. Amazing. Thank you so much, Linda. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.